Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists, and we've got a special show for you today. We've got Cassidy Pope coming on. We're so proud to have her on, and um, she's got a new album out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about parts of her story, because that's what our show is about, bringing up up close and personal with the artists and getting their story out. But anyway, Cassidy, are you here? I'm here. <laughs> How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm in um, Pennsylvania right now visiting family, so it's oh, nice wow. to be a little out of uh, Nashville for a minute. So it's a change <laughs> of scenery. It's been nice. Yeah, we, we recently took a couple trips down to Jacksonville, Florida, um, when all this started finally opening up. Yeah, the, the only bad thing is Florida is now exploding in the virus, so we're like, okay, we're we're over two weeks since we've been, so we're good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you yeah. guys are all right. I think you would know by now. I know I'm from Florida, and it's really scary to see just how affected they've been. And, you know, obviously everybody's dying to get out there and on the beach and stuff, mm. but it's just oh, scary yeah. to see the beaches so crowded. I know they closed it, closed them for Fourth of July weekend, but, yeah, it's it's a weird thing to see my, my home state going through this. So as we get started here, I always like to have the artist kind of tell a brief overview of them. So tell everybody where – well, you just said where you're from, so I don't have to add that. But just a brief mm-hmm. overview of you so we can get to know you as the person. Sure. Um, so I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida, and I grew up spending summers here where I'm now in Pennsylvania, in Vandergrift, Pennsylvania. It's a really small rural place and um and i i sang i started taking voice lessons when i was four years old i sang on i learned to sing on country music and i sang a lot of different kinds of music when i was a kid i would i would go between oldies and a little bit of pop mostly country um Mm. fast forward to being a teenager around 13 years old i started singing in bands and i um would hop up and sing with with my friends (laughs) when they would play shows in florida and um, oh, and wow. then I, I formed my, my band, Hey Monday. We got signed to Columbia Records, went on tour and toured the world, which was so crazy. I was 18, touring, <laughs> like, Japan, and so it was nuts. Um, and then <laughs> about when I was, like, 21, I left the band because we sort of slowed down, and it wasn't, wasn't really working anymore for us. Um, moved to L.A., went solo, and then um, tried to – tried to do that for a little bit I, I did a, a like an acoustic tour and um it no one came really <laughs> so it was really <laughs> difficult but I um eventually got a call from the voice um well from my manager mm. who got a call from the voice at the time and oh, he wow. said that they heard that I left the band and wanted me to come audition and um then the rest is history it was kind of <laughs> As <they> um, say. <laughs> crazy yeah it was definitely unexpected I didn't think I'd make it far at all let alone win um and that show yeah brought me to nashville um after i won i knew i wanted to sing country music and um went on my first country radio tour afterwards which was documented and i had a little cmt docuseries which was fun and Mm -hmm. uh, they followed me on my journey there and then i went on yeah i went on a ton of tours um the, the next few years after that with rascal flats and tim mcgraw and um, eventually got a song. I got to sing a song with Chris Young. That was my first number one at country mm-hmm. radio. And um, I got my first Grammy nomination from it. <laughs> and um, and then in 2017, it was a, kind of a crazy year for me. I I left my record label that I'd been with that, at that point for like mm-hmm. four years, I want to say. Um, I had mm-hmm. become single after being with somebody for eight years. And, um, I, yeah, I got like, I got, I lost my management, left my publishing, left a lot of stuff, um, in the same year, everything changed. That was, that was a tough year, but it was, I I had to do it. It, I just needed to make these changes to Mm -hmm. grow. And then, um, and then fast forward to the next year, I, um, released, I really, well, no, that wasn't the next year. I started working on a record and then 2018, I finished the record. Um, and started playing shows more, and then last year released my first uh, independent country record, Stages, and um, toured mm. with Marin Morris last year, and did my first headliner oh, wow. in a long time mm. with CMT. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, that's like the Cliff Notes version. 
But um, and then, yeah, and I started the acoustic records out. So that was um that was kind of the the um product of quarantine, just just trying to think of something mm-hmm. that I could do to be productive, but also to maybe help some people in this process. And um, I felt like a, an acoustic record was a good way to kind of get around the system. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so rewind back to the voice moment mm-hmm. when you're about to walk out on that um, stage, what was going through your mind at that moment? Oh, I was terrified. Um, they say <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Cause I had been performing since I was a kid. I, I started singing on mm-hmm. stage when I was like six years old and I, I'd never done something where they don't introduce you and there's no applause. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, wow. I, the judges, yeah. you know, are turned, the coaches are turned around and they just, they, yeah, they get everybody to settle and the crowd's quiet and then they have you walk on stage. And I just remember being so nervous that I was going to mess up the words. And um, at that point, you know, I hadn't really had a ton of nerves performing live before because I just grew up doing it. But some, there's mm-hmm. something about performing with cameras in your face and um, knowing that it was going to be aired to millions of people. It was just, it was so nerve-wracking, and it really affected my voice. Like I, re- and anytime I've yeah. ever heard back my audition, I at my blind audition, I just think I sound awful. I'm <laughs> like, how did I get four <laughs> chairs? Not, that doesn't even sound that good. Um, because I heard my nerves, and I was so shaky. But I remember this moment of like about to, I'm about to walk on the stage, and I put my hand on the railing because I had heels on. And I had a ring, and that just went clink, like it was a really loud, like clink sound. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I got so nervous. It made me even more nervous. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, and then I heard, I think it was Blake or somebody say he heard heels. Um, and <laughs> then yeah, That's and then the band funny. just starts, and it's just so nerve wracking. But it was, it was now, like, did... I, I it, it was hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch mm-hmm. other people do it now, to be honest, because it's it's so scary. Oh, wow. Now, did you know? in your heart that it was team Blake all the way before any chairs turned. Yeah, I did actually. Um, I went on the <clears> show <throat> really hoping that he would turn his chair because I really liked the way that he coached mm-hmm. his artists the two seasons prior to mine. Um, I just watched him kind of let people do their thing and really mm-hmm. let their individuality come out. Um, obviously, you know, it, it, when I wanted to do country songs, he was all for it. He was very like, Oh, you want to mm-hmm. do country? Great. But, um, you know, he, he also is really good at um, seeing people's individuality and really yeah. highlighting that and, and just cheering them on to, to just go with their gut and, and do what makes mm-hmm. them happy. So I really liked his approach, and that's, that's, yeah, that's why I wanted him to be my coach. So as we, before we really dig deep, I always like to start with some light stuff. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Because as you know, there's got to be a balance out there, which – probably have more now than ever because of what's going on. But in general, what are some things you like to do outside of music? Outside of music, I'm, um, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> I love, um, very, very, like, I, I, I love mowing the lawn. It's weird. I'm, I just think that just like, there's this instant gratification. Um, mm-hmm. and so my boyfriend and I got a house last year and we're finally really able to spend time in it. So, um, <laughs> every couple of weeks I'm out there mowing the lawn and it makes me really oh, happy. Wow. And I've been really enjoying like taking care of the yard and, and trying to figure out, you know, a, a, a um, sprinkler system to install. And I've set up the sprinklers in the front yard mm-hmm. and just, just really um, enjoying it more than I expected. Um, <laughs> and then also just, um, I mean, I, I love being, being outdoors. So my boyfriend and I got some kayaks and, um, we've oh, only wow. been out a couple of times cause it's been kind of busy the last few weeks since we've gotten them. But yeah, we, we love getting on those and bringing our dogs. We have two dogs and they've like come with us and sat on the kayaks with us. So that's, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do. I love being on the water. Um, having grown up in Florida, you know, I, if I could go to a beach, yeah, that would be a there. hobby for sure. <laughs> yeah. If I could go to a beach, that would be um, a, a hobby for sure. But since we don't have that in Nashville, the lakes are really nice. And we, we try to do that as much as we can, too. But um, And then when I'm just hanging inside, I, I love just turning on Netflix and watching shows. I mean, I've seen almost every show you could think of that's been out. I just love watching <laughs> shows and 
Um, and I'm a sucker for Bravo, the Real Housewives, I got to say. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of pretty normal stuff. <laughs> And, 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 you know, um, talking about the beach stuff, that's kind of going to be our issue. Cause we're, we live in, down in Savannah, Georgia, but next year mm. we're planning on making the transition into Nashville. And so oh, that's, nice. that's my biggest struggle is the beach. I am yeah, a we're coastal guy. Coast, I've, I've been along the coast since age 14, and I'm 48 now, so pretty much all my wow. life. And that's going to be my hardest part to the move. But we're excited because yeah. so much in Nashville. Yeah, there's so much to do, and um, as much as I love the beach, there 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 comes a time where I'm definitely okay. I'm due. I need to go to the beach um, after uh-huh. a few months. But really, <laughs> there are so many distractions, like you said, with so much going on. It it kind of does mm-hmm. take your mind off of it. And there are lakes, and it's not the same. But being on the water in general is just so good for the soul. And if you need, yeah. need water around, there's there's options like that, but, um, yeah. And, and there's some that are drivable. Like you could drive to, um, 30A or Myrtle beach and it's not super mm-hmm. far. So you could get your fix. Uh, you just have to kind of make a weekend out of it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what would you say is something quirky about you? Oh, something quirky. Um, I mean, I definitely have a, a kind of a, silly personality I'm 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 really I grew up idolizing Jim Carrey so I'm super <laughs> animated and like I put on voices all the time and I don't realize <laughs> it and then when I'm around people at first meet they're like whoa you do a lot of voices I'm like oh I didn't realize that um but yeah I, I grew up with a dad that was just I mean he's so goofy and so ridiculous that mm-hmm. it just rubbed off on me and then you know going on tour with a bunch of boys and um Mm -hmm. all the kind of inappropriate jokes and stuff like I feel like that's just made it even worse (laughs) so um yeah I think my my sense of humor is definitely the most quirky thing about me so as you've risen to the top and you've got this whole new album coming out what drives you at this point to keep you going I mean now I feel like I have such a different mindset than I ever did in my mm-hmm. whole career up and up until this point. Cause I've been, I've been making records and playing music since I was like, since I was 13. And even then I was starting to try and sing for record label execs and stuff. So I've been doing this for kind of a long time. And I <laughs> only until um, like three years ago was when I really started to feel like, Oh, I'm, I've been, I've been kind of doing it all wrong. Like I, I've had some success yeah. and I'm really proud of the mm-hmm. things I've accomplished, but I, I, I had, I had, I was kind of chasing, um, I was chasing mm-hmm. the, the mass approval of country radio and country fans instead of, instead of just being me and doing the music yeah, that authentic. makes me, yeah. And makes and doing the music that <laughs> makes me unique because uh, the music mm-hmm. I was doing, I, I'm proud of and I love, but a lot of times I was kind of watering down my rock side or watering down my pop side <laughs> instead of just yeah. letting it all hang out and yeah. Um, owning it. Yeah. Owning it and, and not being afraid of, Hey, everybody might not like this. That's the, that's the thing that every artist is terrified of is people not liking their music or not liking them as people. So mm-hmm. that, that getting over that mm-hmm. fear and not letting that that fear be like the reason I make decisions um, Mm -hmm. changed everything for me. So that's been the biggest change and growth that I've had over the last few years. And, and, you know, talking about that, I remember I reached out to a Nashville friend of mine for advice when we first launched this show. And he said the one piece of advice I would give y'all for the show, and I think this works for really anybody, but especially artists and hosts is be and stay authentic he says you could because he was talking to me and he said you could tell every bobby bones joke you can tell every ty bentley joke and he says you might can even pull that off and get an audience he says but right. the day's going to come when authentic chris comes out and when that day right. comes you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic chris they were attracted to fake chris so if you That's stay so and be authentic right from the beginning then you'll you might grow slower but you'll gain the right. right audience. 
yeah, I think there's something to be said about like the, the slow burn effect and just how <clears throat> when you build something from the ground up by being your authentic self, you're you're gaining these fans that want to be a part of your journey, and and they're not just on board because of this this you know one like yeah. overnight success. They're on board because they're investing in you. Like that's the fan base that you mm-hmm. want. You want people who invest and spend the time to get to know you and spend the time on your music to really get to know your lyrics and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I think that's so important. And that's like, been, yeah, going back to the original question, that's <laughs> definitely been my driving force is now yeah. it's like an addiction, like get just doing exactly what I want and, and letting it ooze from my heart. That's, that's something that you can't really stop. And once you start it, yeah. it feels so good. And, you get the fan affirmation or your peer affirmation. It's like, Oof, now, I'm, now I'm in it. Now I can't stop this. <laughs> because, you know, when an mm-hmm. artist is up there singing, there's a difference. I mean, an artist that, that is faking it, you hear them. But an right. artist that is authentic, you can feel them. Yep. That is so true. I need to quote that. <laughs> I'm going to quote you. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that that's you know but that's really what it is you know because you you know I'm sure it you've is. heard concerts where you're at and and there's some songs they sing and you're like mm, man I got the they just gave me chills and then they sing another song and you're like okay that did nothing for me <laughs> and right. you know that's not within their authenticness and it and it, I think that the just the the way that we have to think about it is a lot of a lot of songs people sing they didn't write a lot of songs I sing. Mm-hmm. I didn't write just from my whole discography, but some of the songs I didn't write, I sing mm-hmm. with more emotion than some that I did write because sometimes oh, those wow. songs I didn't write are like, I wish I wrote it. And I, and it's so mm-hmm. on point with what I've gone through in my life that I could <laughs> oh, not wow. have I've written it better. And so it really isn't even about if you write your music or not, because some of the mm-hmm. best singers mm-hmm. of all time that just make you cry your eyes out didn't write their own music it's just how you tell the story and what emotion you put behind it so that's another thing that I find really interesting is is just the fact that that doesn't really that doesn't matter it's just mattering if you believe what you're singing or not yeah if you're connected to that song are you connected to those lyrics because I think that's what matters yeah absolutely and then it'll make everybody else feel understood and seen and heard because that's like that's the most important emotion everybody has is just wanting to feel like they're being seen and heard. So when you're able to provide that for your fans, they're just going to want to keep coming back because you make them feel good. So what are some moments that, you know, of course we talked about the voice and you talked about the Chris Young thing, but outside of those two things, because those were huge for you, what are some moments that you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, um, Gosh, there's, there's so a many. Lot of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. Other than the voice and the Chris Young song, um, I really I love going back and really thinking about and looking at pictures of when I was in my old band and we did our first world tour, um, which mm-hmm. was about about like a year long, and um, we got to go to all these places and and I had never even left the country by that point, so we were. I think the first date we had was was in um in London and so it was the cra- it was this arena it was like 10,000 people mm-hmm. at the O2 arena oh, and wow. I had never even gone out of the country um and it was just <laughs> such a crazy feeling to be to be this new band and um mm-hmm. because we were opening for Fall Out Boy at the time they they approved of us because we were with one of their favorite bands and they, they, they mm-hmm. didn't, didn't know any of our music at that point. And then our album had come out during the tour and um, fast forward to playing shows in Japan. Um, they were mm-hmm. singing the words to these songs. And, and it was so bizarre because oh, wow. I was thinking I, yeah. I can barely <laughs> say hello in Japanese, let alone, you know, sing along to a, music a has no Japanese lyric. I know. And, and I, that was really the, the moment I discovered that was, oh my gosh, like, no, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If people, uh, if they love your music and they feel what you're singing, they're going to, they're going to show up and they're going to sing along, even if it's not in their, um, in their language. So, um, mm-hmm. that was really cool. I'll never forget that. Um, wow. and then I'm also, um, I'm, I'm 
since I was in a band, I've obviously I love other bands like Third Eye Blind and mm-hmm. um, oh, well. Blink One Eighty Two and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> just I think it was just last year, um, Third Eye Blind came to town, and I had referenced them in one of my songs from my last records on stages, and um, somehow they had heard about it. I guess a fan maybe tagged them in a lyric something, and um, they said, "Hey, come come to our show, come sing with us on." whatever the date was. And I was like, okay, yeah, right. They're not going to follow up. And then I, I got a follow-up from the, the, their team to my team. And oh, I well. went and went up and sang with third eye blind during their encore <laughs> in Nashville. And, oh, well. <laughs> and even before, even before that moment, I was in the crowd watching the show and, um, and uh, Stephen Jenkins, the singer was, just saying, and wow, we're so excited to be in Nashville. And we got some friends here tonight. We've got Kings of Leon here watching the show, and we've got one of my favorite vocalists, Cassidy Pope, here tonight. And I'm standing in the middle of the crowd, and a lot, no one's recognizing me, you know. And um, I'm just standing there, like listening to him say my name from stage at the Ascend Amphitheater. And it was just the most surreal. I like, I cried because it was just the no. craziest moment for me to be standing out there as a fan not expecting to be called out mm-hmm. like that I knew I was going to go up and sing yeah. <laughs> but I just was a fan mm-hmm. at this moment and he's just it was just it was surreal I still get emotional wow. thinking about it it was like the coolest moment now one thing I'd like to do on our show that I think is important is I flip the script go the other way I think because you know a lot of people they see the glory behind you but they don't see the grind they don't see mm. the sacrifice. They don't see er- that side of it. And I'm going to tell a quick story to help lead us where I want this to go, um, and then let's talk about that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Still Girls when they were full-time with music at that time. And one of the questions I asked her is, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this mm. is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and, and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because once right. you've become career-focused, she goes, everything has to change. You have to eat different. You have to sleep different. You have to be different. You can't get, you know, you might have a bad day today, but tonight if you've got a gig, you've got to smile like that didn't happen. She goes, mm. we, we don't get to do birthdays. We don't get to do holidays. Holidays is when our biggest gigs are, so we don't get to right. do any of that. Fam- family don't understand. So many mm-hmm. sacrifices go with this, but if your heart will not allow you do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go on that side of it a little bit. Whew. I mean, yeah, I say that too. I'm like, if I could do anything else, I would. Because <laughs> you would. <laughs> if, if, you know, if I could have a steady paycheck and um, a job that is it's immediate gratification and, um, mm-hmm a job where I, I get, I get a uh, pat on the back for when I do a mm-hmm. good job instead of, I mean, maybe people not even noticing, um, mm-hmm. then I would, you know, cause it's, it's a, it is a grind and it is, um, it's such a, there's so many things go on within a career, a music career that fans don't mm-hmm. even see that when, yep they don't get music more often or they, Oh, I, I, you know, why, why weren't you a part of this music special? You should have been on there. Why weren't you nominated? We should have been nominated. It's like, if I could sit you down and tell you why it would take, it would take hours to explain the politics behind things and the, and the reason I didn't get on that show and the reason that I wasn't able to release music for a few years. And it's yeah, just, so many um, letdowns. there's so many letdowns and, so many things that look a certain way on the outside, but really the inner workings are usually so much different than people realize. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I've missed, I've missed many birthdays and I've missed many mm-hmm. Thanksgivings. Um, when I was in Hey Monday, my old band, um, we were always on tour on Thanksgiving and Easter even. Um, so I, I missed a lot of holidays from in my teenage years and mm-hmm. early twenties. But um and I think the the thing that you sacrifice the most is mm-hmm. sometimes you sacrifice your your pride because a lot of yeah. times you're having to kind of swallow these pills of like you know as as good as you think you are sometimes you're still going to be 
somebody else is going to be better and you're going to be upset that they're going to get the recognition that you so wished you got, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's okay. And you're going to have, you're going to have moments where you're in the spotlight and then you're going to have moments where you're somebody else is and you're going to wish you were, but you have to sort of, you have to like check yourself and be like, well, I mean, I have to share, like I have to share the spotlight and there's enough room for all of us. So it's like, kind of a weird mental game too but Mm. um but yeah there's there's so many sacrifices and so many letdowns and so many um for me so many times where I've had people a part of my team that I trusted Mm. that I really felt got it that ended up being a huge disappointment or really hurting me um Mm -hmm. so that's another thing is Mm -hmm. is it's it's also you need you need people to help you make this dream a reality, but sometimes those mm-hmm. people aren't aren't good and, and that's a whole other can advantage. of worms. Whole other can of worms, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's a shame because yeah, you you, you I, I wish people walked around with signs on their heads like I'm a bad one, don't hire me or whatever, just so you can be like, Okay, I'm gonna yeah. not <laughs> I'm gonna not give, you know, ten percent of whatever um for, for a few mm-hmm. years. So it's just um it's it's com- it's so complicated. <laughs> In a nutshell, it's a really complicated career, but yeah, I agree with if it's if it's everything in your heart um doesn't let you do anything else then you're meant for this. And, and that's how we feel about the show. It's you know, you know, we've we actually started New Country Buzz back in 2014 and mm. so much happened back then and it took off and even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before she made it big. And wow. back then, and mm-hmm. I remember about 2015, so much was coming on it because back then we didn't have the software like I'm using right now where I can just have you call in and we can just do it live and all that. I was typing everything up. And oh, when you're not yeah. making oh, money yeah. off of the show yet mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. typing everything up, it just got ridiculous. And we finally right. shut it down, but it was one of them things where for the next three years I felt like, hmm, what if? What if we kept right. things going? You know, and mm-hmm. it just it ate me up. And I remember three years later, end of talk, end of um, October, October 2018, I was like, you know what? I told Sandy, nobody's never rebought NewCountryBuzz.com. That's a sign. Mm. We we're supposed to relaunch, and because uh, that's a good domain, and nobody's never right. bought it. So we're supposed to relaunch. I feel like, and just finish what we started. So we did that, and built the foundation of that in 2019, and then all of a sudden, in the 2019, I told Sandy, okay, now time to take the next level, so, you know, let's do a wow. show, the Chris and Sandy show, and although it looks like we're six, we're almost six months into the show, some people would be like, oh, wow, you got Cassidy Pope, and you're only six months old, but really, <laughs> what they don't see, it's been a seven-year journey. Right. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny how... Yeah, perspective is everything. I mean, for them, it might be like, "Wow, that was that was really fast, your guys' success." But obviously, you know, you've been working at this for a long time, and yeah, that's. I've had moments. I I, I think I've only had. I've actually had less moments of thinking mm-hmm. I'm going to do something else with my life than I think like mm-hmm. a lot of artists. I've just I don't know. There's been something in me that's just not allowed that to happen. But except for mm-hmm. the one one time, I I had a I had a really dark moment when I had I had had my first single wasting all these tears do well and I was mm-hmm. I moved on to my second single I wish I could break your heart and I was really excited about it it's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. and and I um, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't take off the way that everybody wanted it to it didn't take off as oh, fast wow. as everybody wanted it to yeah. it did pretty well for, for you yeah. know in, in hindsight but I had enough people in my ear telling me it wasn't working that it just made me feel that like I'm, I'm a failure and I'm not good enough and I need to rethink this and I need to Mm -hmm. really, um, I need to really rethink if I'm good enough or if I'm in the right place or um, maybe I could do music, but from a different angle, maybe I'd just be a songwriter and not, you know, keep Mm -hmm. going through this. And um, yeah, so I I had a moment that was probably in like, gosh, 2000, 14 or something like that mm-hmm. um but th- i mean i really haven't had moments of even contemplating doing something else with my life um yeah barely at all you know so i feel kind of lucky in that respect and and again you know when when you're in god's plan you kind of know because it just feels right and then if you kind of even sway a little bit 
you have that inner feeling like, mm, something don't feel right, and you just right. Know. You just know, and and I I think that it's it's like the people you surround yourself with too. I think that they all have a purpose, and the ones that mm. that make you feel like you're not good enough or make you feel like mm. um, maybe you should do something else with with your life and mm. maybe this isn't for you. Um, they can either make you decide, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore, which is totally mm. fair because a lot of them are very, very powerful, successful people telling you this, or you yeah. can look at them and say, actually, I think you're wrong. And, and <laughs> what you just said hurt my feelings, but it's actually mm. giving me more fuel. And I didn't expect this because I'm in such a bad place, but mm-hmm. uh, what you're saying is actually making me want to make it even more <laughs> So I think yeah. there's, those people really do serve a purpose, even though it sucks to have them around in your life sometimes. Um, they do serve a purpose uh, and, and have they kind of are like stakes in the ground with for like the foundation of, you know, you um, continuing to make this dream a reality. Well, look at what Luke, Luke Combs recently, I guess about six months ago or so, tweeted out about how he was in front of executives and he said none of that will ever work. And he right. says all six songs that they said that to has been number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you, sometimes you have to just let the fans um, prove them decide. wrong. You know, you, you have to let the yeah. fans decide because it's so scary for these record labels and people that are investing in artists to um, take a risk. And, and it's not even taking mm-hmm. a risk. Like to them, it's taking a risk. But to me, when somebody believes in their art, and they're, they're mm-hmm. they have great songs. That's not a risk. That's like that's yeah. a you know a slam dunk. So I, the, <laughs> the, the, just the fans are the reason that we're all here. So we really should yep, let exactly. them make the decisions mm-hmm. and, and follow suit. You know. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play one of your songs, um, "Let Me Go," and we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? Sounds great. Thanks. All right. Hang on the line. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. you right from the start I would give you my heart cause I'm just a fool like that always wanting to believe in the best but the evil comes out and throws me off track remember when you told me that you'd always stand by me but you don't get me so why you gotta keep on holding me back like this I got for me, they ain't yours to keep I had them long before you came around And I'll be damned if I pack them away In the back of a drawer to never be found I had to fall apart to light the spark That fired me up again But you don't get me, so I 
Tell us the story, because I, I understand that this album of yours, we'll focus a little bit on the album now, um, this album is really personal to you. And, and we, so we really want to have you on the show because, again, our tagline is up close and personal, so that kind of works good there. here. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, tell us yeah. a story. Yeah, I mean, you can't get no better than that, right, because we like to get yes. personal with artists, and, and that's, that's what makes us unique um, because, again, we give people 60 minutes. Most, in the, most smaller artists, they don't get 60 minutes on shows, and that's kind of where yeah. we wanted to be different, you know, to try to give them a, a platform to tell their story. Absolutely. I think that's amazing. I mean, the good stuff, you get to the good stuff when you, you're given a little more time to to talk about it, you know. It's it's yeah. hard to get to it when you've got a, a sound bite, basically. <laughs> and right. see, the way we usually run our show is usually the first half of our show is more focused on the story of that, and the second half of the show is more focused on the music. So that's kind mm. of where we're going now. Awesome. So tell us a story behind that song. So um, Let Me Go was written in, during a time when I, I felt kind of trapped and I felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't, I wasn't understood, um, but it wasn't mm-hmm. in a way where it was, you're, we don't understand you or I don't understand you, so I, I, I'm going to walk away from this. It was a mm-hmm. really weird feeling because the situation I was in, um, I didn't feel like I... I didn't feel like I was given the freedom to, to walk away without a consequence. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. it was a, I felt very, yeah, trapped and it was, it was a weird feeling. And, um, <clears throat> and I remember, you know, the, my favorite lyric in that song is um, the dreams I've got for me that they're, they ain't yours to keep. I've had them long before wow. you came around. And I, cause I feel wow. like we tend to lose sight of, you know, where where we started and we I feel mm-hmm. like um in, in therapy I'm I'm a big therapy advocate I love therapy mm-hmm. um I, <laughs> a lot of times you're asked to get in touch with your younger self and your you know yeah. little Cassidy and mm-hmm. when you do you really do get back in touch with why you started singing in the first place and why you want to do this for a career and the, it always comes back to it makes you happy and you know people that come along the way that don't understand you or maybe try to change you in the process mm-hmm. um, make you forget that. And so that's why the song was written in such an emotional way is because it sort of, um, I had a moment where I had to like really look inside and get back to the ca- little wow. Cassidy because I had left her <laughs> yeah. you know, alone for so long. And you know, what's funny, it kind of made me think of this story as you telling that story. When Sandy and I first married 17 years ago, um, I was one of these people that wanted to be this big speaker, motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can probably tell that by now. But yeah. <laughs> and um, and she was and she always wanted to be in music. Well, when we married, mm-hmm. so look, I was I was hardcore. Uh, I was one of the people that would listen to audios 24/7. She'd listen mm. to music 24/7. Well, there's an issue there when we're in the car. <laughs> right. So we compromise. Right. I, I always <laughs> kind of joked that she brainwashed me in all this good way. <laughs> <laughs> but because we, mm-hmm. we compromised and did a 50-50 split and all that. And then here it is 17 years later, we had no idea that not only was we going to build a platform where I can speak some, but we're going to have mm-hmm. a platform that brings her passion. So we're able to live out both of our passions under the Christmas Sandy yeah. show. I love that. I mean, it just goes to show you that you never have to conform. You, you really don't. Mm-hmm. Like whatever mm-hmm. makes you happy – 
it's going to look, you can, you can make it look however you want. You, you don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, like you guys don't have to do a show that's strictly only about music or um, strictly about, you know, motivational speaking. You can merge them both. And I don't have to, you know, do music a certain way where I have to release yeah. a single before I have an album out. I can release two if I want or three or I could just do singles or I can, you know, Mm -hmm. like during this pandemic, I don't, I'm not going to be on tour to release music. And it just goes to show that that's not, you know, that's not something you have to do either. Like it's, you can literally do anything you want with Mm -hmm. whatever career you choose, as long as you, you know, stay open-minded and just, yeah, Yeah. let yourself be creative. (laughs) One of the things I like to do on our show that I think is very important that get that, is that the behind the scenes never get recognized, and that's something mm-hmm. I want to change. Um, as you know, when fans see you, they see you, but they don't see the PR companies. They don't see the producers. They don't see the managers. They see you, and me and you both know without the team, you can't do what you do. So take a couple mm-hmm. minutes and just tell us about the team that helped you be who you are. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I have to say, I, I've never been happier with my team I have right now. Um, I have an incredible management team. Um, the the guy who started the management company, Fusion Music, his name is Daniel Miller. And I remember um, when I had left everybody, basically, on, on the team I had back in 2017, I was really, I, I knew the first um, piece of the puzzle was a manager. And um, at the time, mm-hmm. I, would, I, was, I already had my producer, Corey Crowder, who, did, who does all the Chris Young stuff, and um, now he's doing Ray Lynn and, and for Georgia yeah. Line, but at the time, mm. he was just doing Chris Young, basically. Um, so I had him, which was great, um, but I knew I needed a manager first and foremost, so I went to the um, one of the artist um, relations women at a CMT. Um, I think she's actually much higher of a level than that, but I don't know her official <laughs> title. Um, Leslie Fram, she started Next Women of Country, mm. and I I asked her about managers. Well, who better to ask than somebody at CMT who's worked with all the managers? And um, Daniel was at the top of her list, and um, I met him for coffee. I just mm. had, I clicked with him so amazingly that that first meeting. But I had such PTSD from past <laughs> managers that I was like, I'm going to still meet with people before I make the decision. And, um, yeah. you know, I met with a few other managers that were, were nice enough, but they didn't get it or they, they didn't give me the, uh, the vibe I wanted. So I ended up signing with, or not even signing a handshake with Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's oh, grown wow. his team. So I have my day-to-day manager, Danielle, who it's really funny to, to say their names next to each other, but she's, you know, my day-to-day who does, the more the more monotonous, tedious things, and um, takes mm. care of my schedule, and um, you know, is is just an, an, another a huge help to the team. Um, I have mm. Chance um, Edwards, who does a lot of my um, videography and and visuals, and um, you know, helps me to sort of hone in on what that the branding of of everything looks like. Um, I have my gosh, I have my publisher Courtney Allen at BMG now, who's who's, you know, the one that's setting me up in writing sessions and sending me outside mm-hmm. songs to see if I like them. Um, I have, uh, I just signed with The Orchard, who's my distribution company, and they've been incredible. I've only worked with them so far on this one project, and it's been great. Um, mm-hmm. And, gosh, oh, my booking agent, Darren Murphy at CAA, he's been with me since After The Voice. So he's been champion oh, wow. of mine and keeping me busy. And on the, <laughs> the times where I didn't have any new music out or I didn't have anything on the radio, he was still able to book me on shows, which is ask any agent, which is very hard to do. Um, and so mm-hmm. he, he's always like, mm-hmm. you know, kept me making money and, and paychecks to paycheck, <laughs> just like keeping me on the road. Um, it's so important. I mean, that's, that's really where you make your money, honestly. Um, and oh, and my mom is my business manager, which is fantastic. Oh wow! Um, I never have to worry about anybody. Um, yeah, she's she's amazing, and she's just <laughs> I, I so good at her job. I mean, anybody that worked with her on on my stuff has been like she gets back to me quicker than any other business manager I work with. So she just loves mm. her job, and she's really good at it. Um, thankfully, um, and 
gosh, I I feel like bad if I miss anybody, but that's those, that's like the core, you know, the core team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the core. Yes, that's the core, and we'll have meetings where we just sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, there a lot of times every few months, a couple of months, but um, more so when there's a project about to come out. But there's never a question of how do um, you know? Who, there's never a question of like, hey, this won't won't work because x y and z how can we make it work for everybody and the whole you know mm-hmm. how can we make this the most massively approving um mm-hmm. project it's always like what yeah. does your heart say what is what do you feel in your gut what wow. do you want Love people that. to see when they hear this and, and so i've never had a team that was so um heart driven and so gut driven before i know that they're really smart and also will be like hey just so you know you might not want to do this because X, Y, and Z, which they're always really good valid points, but they're never, they're never like fear-based things, mm-hmm. which I had, I had dealt with for many years with a lot of people that I used to be in business with. It was all fear-based. And if you do mm-hmm. this, you're going to wow. make this person mad. Or if you do this, you're never going to be on the radio so or whatever. So, so different. And this is way more my speed um, and way more inspiring. <laughs> for me um to have a team that's more like hey if this is what you feel in your heart we're here with you we'll follow you we'll make it work we'll we'll enhance it so it's just been incredible and i've never been so happy with a team before now since you talked about your mom real quick tell us a story and of course i'm sure you can tell a bunch of them but tell us a story that stands out to where in the past where where your mom went above and beyond and you were like wow Mm. she really gets this is my passion Right. Um, I mean, from an early age, I was um, I was really, really passionate. I mean, I, I wanted to mm-hmm. practice singing oh, well. even at, even in between my sessions with my voice coach. I wanted to put on shows for my mom and dad mm-hmm. in the living room and everything. And um, and so yeah, my I think the biggest sacrifice or the biggest thing that um, really allowed me to pursue my dream that she did was to let me keep going to voice lessons even when financially we were getting to difficult places we oh, wow. we had a we had been evicted before and it was granted mm-hmm. it was during my parents divorce and mm-hmm. a really difficult time but um mm-hmm. she never she never compromised on that i mean it didn't matter if she just, if if my mom and dad had a really awful fight or you know had had a had the conversation of getting a divorce or whatever, she would still mm-hmm. take me to my voice lesson that day. And, um, wow. or she, you know, she would figure out a way with my voice coach to be like, Hey, I can't pay you right now, but can we keep a tally and keep a, you know, keep track. And eventually when I, you know, get my shit together, basically, um, I'll pay you, <laughs> yes. pay you what I owe you. Um, yeah. so it was never, that never mm-hmm. was compromised, you know, my voice lessons, yeah. which were Love really that. important. So, yeah, she, she mm-hmm. always went above and beyond. <laughs> you know, and I, and talking about family, we always consider our show a family affair, so we always like to bring our eight-year-old on. He's kind of our third co-host here. And to ask yes. Him a question. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be great. <laughs> so Sandy's going to get him on now. So, so and then, cute. of course, we've got a 16-month-old that when she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in, too. <laughs> Good. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Cassie. What's your favorite food? Oh, that's a good question, Christopher. Um, I'm Italian. I'm very, very Italian. So any any pasta. Um, my favorite is gnocchi. Um, actually, I take that back. R- lobster ravioli and and pink sauce. That's my favorite. I would eat that every day if I could. <laughs> Great question, what's your bud. Favorite? Pizza. Ooh, so it's in the same family. It's in the same. So if we went <laughs> yep. to an Italian restaurant, we would both be happy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love Bye. it. Bye. He comes and goes. He comes yeah, and goes. Popping always... and popping out. <laughs> yeah, he's taking points. Oh, that's he awesome. He makes our show memorable. Yeah, I yes, love, love to it. be a part of it so much. That's you know, so in, in this day and time, you know, what's funny is in this day and time, whether you're an artist, whether you're a host like us, you got to find that uniqueness. And you know what? We're a married couple doing a show that brings our eight-year-old to ask a question on. So I, 
<laughs> yeah, I've never had that happen before. I love it. I think that it's, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to remember this. So awesome. <laughs> so talk a little bit about the album that you're excited about now. I am so excited. Um, it's called Rise and Shine, and um, it's the first acoustic project that I've ever done. Um, I always love playing acoustic. I play acoustic all the time with, you know, going on tour and, and promo and, and, you know, doing mm-hmm. doing anything like acoustic mm-hmm. like that. I'm always doing that. So um, to wow. do a whole project is really fun. I, I remember um, it was about a month into quarantine. And I just was thinking, gosh, what can I do that would be productive, but also be, um, I, I'm not compromising, you know, the sound, mm-hmm. like, what can I do? Yeah, and, um, mm-hmm. I felt like a full band thing was just out of the question. Cause I really want to get a whole band in the studio and really just do it the right way. Um, but I thought, well, acoustic, I mean, I could get somebody to do those guitars in their own studio and send them to me. And, um, and then that's sort of where it, and eventually I was, you know, sitting, thinking about what the concept would be and what I wanted mm-hmm. people to feel listening to it. And um, that's when Rise and Shine kind of took the forefront because I feel like that song is just very much reflective of where we are in the world. And, hey, we have mm-hmm. we have the choice to be defeated and roll over and, yep. and let the hard times take over or we can rise and shine and make it through and become <laughs> stronger people um, because of mm-hmm. it. And so I wanted that song to be the title track. And, um, and yeah, these, these are really, these are autobiographical songs for sure. They're all songs that yeah. they're songs that I've, I've gone, you know, through the lyric. Um, I have, they're songs about really great times in my life and really awful times <laughs> in my life. So, um, I wanted to cover all the bases and really, um, you know, have these songs help aid people and, and to, feeling and, and letting their emotions go. And, um, cause I know this, everybody's handling this time differently from each other than, um, mm-hmm. than others. So I, I just want to give people almost the permission to let it out and, um, and then the permission to put themselves back together again with the happier, fun, lighthearted songs. Yeah. Now we're going to, we'll, you know, when we get to the very end of the show, we'll play this song as you're leaving. But tell us a little bit about Built the House. That way we can people can know about the song before we play it later. Mm. Yeah. And Built This House is it's one of the most recent songs I've written. Um, but it's about the fact that I I mean, I I talked about this year, two thousand seventeen, a bunch during this interview mm-hmm. and um that that's really the the what I'm referencing in the song of like, you know, I had to tear the old house down, which is, was, you know, my life. I, I basically tore mm-hmm. it down to rebuild was the one that I really wanted. And um, not, you know, not realizing that the one that I had before, a lot of it had to do with everybody else's opinions and everybody else's input and, and yeah. you know, their influence mm-hmm. on me. And um, all of a sudden I'm in a home or I have a life that I don't really recognize, but I don't really like. And, um, and this one that I have that, you know, the whole concept is I built this house. Like I put this together. I laid down this foundation that I feel so solid walking on and yeah, I'm going to have like a a window that blows out here or there. I might have a crack in the wall or things might shake a little bit sometimes, but I know that I have this solid foundation that I put together that I can always fall back on if I need to. And, you know, I heard a quote one time that talked about, you know, when your heart breaks, the you know it cracks. It helps shine the light. God shine His light through your heart. Ah, oh, I love that. <laughs> it's another part of healing. <laughs> so, so I love in other that. Words, you know, you know, when you have a broken heart, you can still shine. I always tell people that you know I've posted on Facebook many times in the past that you know just because you're going through a dark storm right now. It doesn't mean you can't be the lighthouse for someone else's storm. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's so true. And because, you know, everybody, everybody that's going through a hard time doesn't mm-hmm. want, you know, to hear an artist say, I mean, I, yeah, I've had like a really easy life where I haven't had anything happen. Really. It's just been easy. You, you know how many fans would be like, I'm not listening to this music. This isn't cool. This isn't fair. People want to oh, wow. know. People <laughs> right. want to know your struggles. They want to know that they're not alone, yeah. that they're 
having a mm-hmm. hard time too. And, and so it's so important that we just, we'd stay yeah. as, as, um, you know, open as we can to, to the fans and let them know, Hey, life's hard. We know we've been through it. Don't, don't look at my highlight reel on my Instagram and think that that's yep, exactly. all there is to it, you know? And that's one reason why we did this when we did the show. That was one thing that I told Sandy when we first launched. I was like, how can we be different? Granted, being a married couple, that makes us already different. We already know that. But I wanted to be different different. And I remember I was like, you know what? I I listen to a lot of podcasts and all that. And I'm like, you know, they they just don't have time to tell their story, the struggle side. And I was like, that's going to be our uniqueness. That's what's going to rise us. We're going we're gonna to give yeah. artists enough time to actually get that out so that we can actually have a conversation about the good and the bad and even the ugly of music. Yeah, yeah, I lo- and I appreciate that. I, I love talking about it because those are monumental moments for us, so I appreciate mm-hmm. it. So we got a couple more questions, and then we'll let you go because we know you're on a very timed schedule, so we're trying to honor our time here. Fine, no <laughs> and like I said, at the very end, as we leave, we'll play that song so people can hear because it's a powerful song. Oh, yes. Um, Thank you. Here, this is a question I Thank always you. like to ask every artist. If you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, that's so good. Um, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've never – I mean, I've, that's a really good question. I've never gotten that before. And now that you're asking, I'm surprised at my answer. Um, I would love to co-write with Billy Joel. Um, I oh, think he's one be of cool. the best. I think he's one of the best storytellers um, ever in music. And every song he, like, I mean, he, uh, what's that song that he has that I love? Oh, and so it goes. It's such a, it's so emotional and it's so, it makes you feel so much all at the same time. And I would love mm-hmm. to write with him about like my struggles, you know, about, yeah. about, yeah. you know, the people, the people mm-hmm. in my life that have been essential in, you know, creating my outlook on life now, but mm-hmm. um, how, how man, like how I, I w- kind of wish they um, weren't so awful, you know, like, Hey, couldn't I learn that yeah. lesson uh, even mm-hmm. with just a little less pain? Um, so that would be cool to write with him. I think he would just nail that kind of concept. That would be cool. So what's one of the songs you've written from your past, past that you're like, is kind of the most means the most to you and why? Um, ooh. I think I have to, I have to go with um, 11 that's on my first record. Um, it's about mm-hmm. my parents' divorce when I was 11. And oh, wow. um, I think it's the most important to me because I was able to write it from my, like, a perspective of when I was still going through the thick of it. If I were to write mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it now and how I feel about it now, it would be a definitely yeah. a different song. But yeah. um, it's just such a snapshot in um, how I was feeling when I wrote it and, and, and the, my perspective at that time. And I just think, and, and I've just gotten a lot of other fans saying they've gone through the same thing or parents saying, Hey, this really helped me understand my kid's perspective. And um, just those kinds of like words of affirmation from people really make yeah. me proud of it. And um, yeah, I wow. think, and it's the most personal song I've ever written for sure. That is awesome. So what advice would you give an up and coming artist? Oh, well, I would have a lot, but I know we don't have time for everything. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, um, I think it's important to say while we say, you know, go with your gut, be your authentic mm-hmm. self, be whoever you are. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to say if that changes in the course of mm-hmm. your career, that's okay. Don't let anybody oh, ever wow. tell you, Hey, you've I been this that. way. You can't mm-hmm. change that. You, you're going to confuse people because that's really not fair. I think people grow and change in general. So why are we going to tell mm-hmm. an artist who decides, you know, after whatever they've gone through, hey, I want to change genres or, hey, I want to do more of this to tell them they can't because mm-hmm. that'd be confusing to fans is just really unfair. So I say, yeah. yes try your hardest to dig deep and find who you really are as an artist. But if that changes, don't worry about it. Go with it. Like explore it, see what happens. Some of the best artists that I I love have reinvented their music and themselves 
a few times mm-hmm. in their careers. So <laughs> I think that's important mm-hmm. to say. Love that. So we'll finish off with this last question. Um, and, I, and this is how I always end the show. Um, okay. What is a question you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh, well, um, gosh. I mean, we built that's our show so on this question. You guys, <laughs> I mean, you really um, asked a lot of things that I. I really enjoyed answering, and then I, I do feel like you guys dug deeper than m- most interview and interviews I've had. Um, well, we thank you for saying that. As many interviews as we have. That's why this, yeah, that's why this question's kind of hard for me to answer because I feel like you guys really did go there. Um, I, I mm-hmm. yeah, I mean the question, the question you guys asked about, you know, what keeps you driving um mm-hmm. in this because and and bringing up the fact that yeah. this is a really difficult career and why do you keep doing it that's something that is like that not the most glamorous thing to talk about but is important yeah. to talk about so i i that was some that's something i'm not asked very often and i really like wow. answering that question well we definitely appreciate now tell everybody how yeah. they can reach you through social media and websites and all that you'll promotion um, time Sure. I'm uh, I'm on CassidyPope.com. That's my official website. And I have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, all of those are Cassidy Pope, and they have blue check marks. So that's very important. Don't look at any of the other ones very that important. say they're me. Um, yeah, yeah the blue check marks are the very that, – that's how you know for sure it's me. So I'm always posting on those. I'm really active on – I'm mostly active on Instagram, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm on Twitter and Facebook as well. <laughs> And, you know, we really enjoyed today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. That would be awesome. I really enjoyed it, too. Thanks, guys. And, and as we hang up here, we will definitely play the song, Built That House, Built This House, I mean, so that people can hear yes. a really powerful song. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, and you have a blessed day. You, too. Thanks, guys. All right, Thanks. Bye. 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 I got a yard, it's full of wildflowers Cause I'm a wild child, yeah I got my own style I got a rooftop view that don't stop I got my name on the deed in the mailbox I sleep easy in the bed I made And I dream bigger than I did before Took a while to feel this way Brick by brick, board by board I built this It's on me, baby, blood, sweat, and the truth Solid ground and weatherproof I had to tear the old one down Was living in somebody else's plans for me Locked in and I couldn't find the key Now it's all on me, yeah I built this house No, I couldn't Ever be myself was like trying to make a home out of a hotel. So I checked out, left it all behind. Had to start over, but that's alright. Cause I built this house from the foundation to the roof. It's on me, baby, but sweat and the truth. Solid ground and waterproof. I had to tear the old one down with seven and somebody else. Me. Locked in and I couldn't find the key Now it's wall to wall on me yeah. I built this house I built this house Now I got a kitchen table big enough for all my friends Peace of mind and wine in the fridge You either take me as I am Oh, you can't come in, cause I built this house, yeah, I built this house, from the foundation to the roof, it's all me, baby, blood, sweat, and the truth, solid ground and waterproof, I had to tear the old one down, was living in somebody else's plans for me, locked in 
Now it's wall to wall on me, yeah. I feel this high. 